Hey everyone, you're listening to PR Hangover, a bi-weekly public relations podcast and talk show brought to you by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter, and me, Courtney Fogel. Grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, you're listening to PR Hangover, and I have a guest with me all the way from the UK, so I'll have him introduce himself. Hi, I'm Richard. I'm the co-founder of Released, and I am indeed located in London. Uh, spent about six years uh, working in PR before setting up um, our software company, uh, which I'm happy to talk about. Um, sure. So what what is Released? What do you guys do? So we are essentially a tool that's used by PR agencies and in-house comms teams, and it allows them to create a visual and digestible PR activity report. So if you're an agency, you share them with your client. And if you're an in-house team, you share them with executives. Um, it replaces um, kind of uninspiring PowerPoints and PDFs that tend to get sent around that nobody reads. Sure. All right. And so the reason we're doing this podcast episode is because you did a really interesting report about does PR need PR? Um, why did you start that report? What was your motive for that? So um, we work with quite a lot of in-house teams and usually our client contacts are kind of communication directors and, and heads of PR who we speak to a lot. And they are often talking about challenges they have in engaging their executives. And by executives, we mean, you know, anyone from the CEO down to kind of senior managers, directors, et cetera. And what was really interesting is just the difference in conversation. So some, I would say a rare few, would say, oh, no, it's really easy. Everyone understands the value of what we do. They lap up our reports. But mostly it was a case of quite despondent uh, senior PR people just saying, you know, with their heads in their hands saying, how do we get these executives to care about what we do? How do we get them to understand what we do? Uh, so it's kind of a struggle, really. So. What we decided is rather than this kind of anecdotal evidence, we wanted to formalize it. So we decided to work with a really excellent uh, specialist survey company and ask 300 senior executives in large companies. So companies with over a thousand employees, mm -hmm. what they actually thought of PR. And to make it fair, um, we excluded anyone who worked in the marketing function because we felt they would have they'll kind of skew the results positively. Sure. Um, okay. So yeah, that's how we kind of came about it. Definitely. Why, why do you think so many executives are unfamiliar with PR? That's a really good question. I, I think in a word is, is overcomplication. Mm -hmm. I think actually PR is very, very simple if you understand it. I think, however, there's, because comms teams are really desperate to demonstrate their value, against other teams in the business, I think there's this tendency to overcomplicate things. So they go for more metrics, more charts, more screenshots of coverage, more scans of coverage. Mm -hmm. um, I think, again, it, you can understand the motive, this kind of desperate need to demonstrate value, but I actually think it has the opposite effect. I think it kind of drowns people. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah, it especially when the executives are so busy, you know, they've got, if you've got a minute or two of their attention, more of anything I think has the opposite effect. So I think that's, that's kind of, there's a fundamental lack of understanding of what PR is mm -hmm. in the first place. Do you think since they're not familiar with it or don't understand the purpose, then they don't really see that it is an important aspect of their business? 
absolutely. I think if you don't understand something, then you can't. It's it's really impossible to ask someone to put a value on it. Sure. That goes with that goes with anything, not just not just PR. So, according to your research, the perceived value of PR increases slightly when you're talking with directors and senior management. Um, why do you think that is? So, actually, it was the opposite way around. So, we found that um, CXOs, so you know, CEOs, CFOs, etc., guys at the top of the chain, actually uh-huh. have a better better understanding okay. of of PR, and it, it gets much much worse. The, the, the further you go down to senior managers. So there's a big, big jump. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because really when you're, when you're at board level, you, you have to kind of have a solid understanding of most of the, the kind of key departments in the business. It's, it's your job, really. I think mm-hmm. once, you, once you're a director and a senior manager, the word that a lot of our clients use a lot is silos. So you, you end up just working in your space, on your department, in your area of the business. You don't really think about or have to think about other teams as much. And that's why I think at the top, they do pretty well. And then further down, they do really badly. Sure, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, is there a way do you, that you think PR professionals can kind of get a seat at the table um, with executives to kind of help help them to understand PR? Uh, I think that's, that is a really good question. That's an enormous question in our industry. I think I have my own view on this, um, but... The, the the interesting point we have is is that we're not an agency and we're not an in-house team mm-hmm. but we but we work with lots of them so we kind of can be a little bit more objective and I, I think really again it comes back to starting simple i think if you're gonna claw your way up and, and have more influence in the business you first of all have to make sure that everyone understands what it is you actually do sure um are there i think we've seen kind of five ways that that five ways that that can work in different organizations. So first thing is we've seen that if the PR team collaborates with other teams strongly, then they tend to have a a kind of a seat at a table. So for example, if they've got a close relationship with the sales team and they're sending media coverage to the sales team in a timely and relevant manner, then the sales team can use that to sell more. And then that kind of gives status to the PR team. I think that this idea of curating media coverage so really hand picking what's most important and making sure that key people in the business see that mm-hmm. and that they don't see all the kind of less important stuff that that's behind the scenes i think that's that's proving to be really successful um really focusing on um matching the media coverage to the objectives of the business so describing and contextualizing why this piece in xyz publication how that's specifically helping the business achieve its objectives sure i think simplifying metrics as well so just easing up on the charts and tables and numbers and actually just maybe showing three or four objectives and then finally and i would say this it is really important to make sure that you're sharing the results of your work in a in a very engaging way because if you do all of those other things but you're still presenting a 50 page powerpoint mm-hmm. no one's going to see it so i would say presenting it in a very visual way is is really important. Definitely. So this brings us to the question, does PR need PR? What do you think? Well, I think that is the ultimate irony. And I don't think we're the first ones to find this, but I think it really, this survey really does demonstrate that, that if, you know, 40% of executives don't have a good understanding of what PR, what the PR team in their own business even does, mm-hmm. and the same amount, 
don't value it. And I would say another another way of putting that was, so we asked them, you know, pick your 300 executives, pick your top five departments across the entire business who you think deliver best value. And only 13% of them put PR even in their top five. Yikes. Then some, something has gone horribly wrong there. So I think, um, you know, we have so many clients saying, you know, we're great at PRing our, our own company or our, our clients, but we're terrible at doing it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think, you see it in it's interesting you see it in a variety of different industries so web design companies with terrible websites or social media agencies with empty social channels i think there's just something about this need to focus on delivering results that comes at the cost of pring yourselves and i think it's understandable but it does lead to this kind of chasm between what the pr team's doing and what the rest of the business perceives that it's doing Mm -hmm. And, and over time, that, that can be really seriously detrimental. Definitely. Something that I just thought of, I, in America, we have kind of this bad reputation of PR professionals. Like, the profession itself is kind of perceived as, like, sneaky or sly. Is it kind of the same way in the UK? I think um, I think it's the same. Yeah, I think people because they have such a low understanding and because the only in the only exposure they have to it is tends to be quite poor so mm-hmm. absolutely fabulous it's a british program and the lead character is in pr and does not come across at all well Definitely. so i think it has a decades old reputational issue itself that it needs to deal with yeah we have we have shows like that as well one of them being scandal and she is a fixer that's her title um mm. and she works in politics and so especially like politics in the u.s right now i think just the perception of what pr people do is negative and then maybe that impacts executives as well like kind of not really understanding um exactly what the value is i think that is a, that's bang on yeah it's just a yeah. universal problem but this this survey is the first one that we've seen that just focuses on what executives think but i think you could see executives are just members of the public who mm-hmm. who happen to work in a company it's a good point i thought it was interesting that some of the executives thought that pr stood for like press relations or publicity remit um, <laughs> that's that's wild to me <laughs> i know i thought we'd start off the survey with a really easy question just to establish a baseline uh-huh. but 20% as you say came back with either uh, wildly incorrect and quite amusing answers some of which you pointed out there um or just didn't know so for example we had one client who said you know my ceo just phoned me up and asked if i could send out a pr about the new office thinking that pr stood for press release oh, so oh my goodness <laughs> mm. wow there yeah. you have it so what do you think we can do about this um i think that really the the first step is to to just simplify everything. And I would say that if you can if you can help execs on a very, very basic level, just do away with that myth of what they think PRs do and just explain the simplicity of, you know, influencing people who have large audiences to talk about your brand in a certain way and doing that when no money is changing hands, mm-hmm. then then I think that will get us uh, quite far down the line because you know we found that that when you zoom into the execs who do have a good understanding of pr 80 percent of them 
also thought it delivered good value. And I think, so one thing that when we train new recruits into our own company, we, we kind of ask them to do a little thought experiment. Um, imagine they work for a company, they were a senior executive, and they were forbidden to engage with the media. So they're essentially banned. So they couldn't talk to any journalists, any social influencers, no bloggers, TV hosts, radio hosts, podcast hosts, nothing. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't launch a product using these channels. They, they couldn't change perceptions. They weren't allowed to be mentioned alongside their competitors. No way of managing a crisis. No contacts in industry. Absolute silence. It would be absolutely unthinkable for a business to operate like that yeah. and they would lose sleep about it and but that's what the pr that's what prs are doing day in day out it might not be glamorous it might not be very trackable but uh, they're doing it without any money changing hands and that is what is unique and powerful about pr sure. and i think once you explain that it kind of clicks and everything else is just details you know how many pieces of coverage you've generated etc if you're doing if you're performing that service for the company and people understand that i think if I think 80% of execs across all companies, if they could just understand that fact, would think it, it delivered good value to the business. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. I, I think sometimes it gets tricky because a lot of what PR professionals do isn't always measurable. Like there isn't a direct measurement. So does a PR, what does a tactic end up getting a sale? Like, is there a conversion? And sometimes that's hard to see unless there's a link that they're tracking or something similar. And so then I think it's hard to see the return on investment there for executives. But if they understand the bigger picture, like you're saying, then it all makes sense to them and then they can see that value. But when they have no understanding and they don't see that bigger picture, then they're like, what's the point of this? Yeah, and I think the industry is guilty of um, being kind of waylaid a little bit by that. I can completely understand why having some kind of magic metric that, that provides return on investment is the ultimate goal. But my personal opinion is it is impossible and it would always be impossible because PR is just not the same as digital advertising. Exactly. It's completely different, even though it sits under the banner of, of marketing. For example, people don't go to the legal team and say, show me your numeric return on investment because they, they just understand that, that the legal team does such an important job for the business that it's almost incalculable. And mm-hmm. I'd put the PR team in that category. So sometimes sometimes it doesn't deliver value and sometimes it delivers enormous value and affects share price and averts the company collapsing. Mm-hmm. And I think it just goes back to education, really. But I'm not but I'm not trying to simplify that or say we shouldn't strive to be measured more accurately. But I just think there is only so much that measurement can do. And I think education can do a lot more. Agreed. I think it all goes down to the understanding that PR is about relationship development. And Mm. it's just, it's about communicating messages in the correct way. And that's hard for some people to understand. Without money changing hands between the two parties. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a lot, (laughs) it's a lot harder than it sounds. I think it's a lot, it's a lot more difficult than putting an advert online and paying for it to be featured on Facebook or Google Ad Network, for example. Definitely, definitely. Um, so you said that you worked in the public relations field for, you said, six years? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your experience? Did you did you like it? Yeah, so I, I came, I didn't do a PR degree. I wasn't from a PR background. I, I started off, um, I was kind of a digital person before that and got asked to set up the digital department of a PR agency in London. Okay. Before way back in 2007 before it was really uh before it had really taken off mm-hmm. 
and so I came into it as a newbie, um, and I and I learned as I as I kind of went along. Um, so, sorry, could you repeat the question? Yeah, I just I, I guess I was just scratch, scratch I guess I was just wondering stuff. about your yeah. experience in PR. Um, I guess what led you to to release? Good question. So yes, um, so I joined my PR agency to set up the digital department. So I've always from a digital background, mm-hmm. and uh, before that, I was uh, involved in like web product development as well. So I came into it with a kind of mindset of. Uh, software and products so always had my eye on ways in which the industry could be improved and because I joined at a time when the digital revolution was happening it seemed like there were enormous changes but certain things weren't keeping up and I felt one of those things was the way that we were reporting to clients I felt like we were still using analog pre-internet tools Mm -hmm. like PowerPoint to showcase what is essentially digital content and that has just become a lot worse over the years and um, so it just thought that it would be the ideal time after four or five years in the industry to to hop off and actually create a product that could solve that problem. Okay. And that's how Released was born. How did the findings in your report on PR, does PR need PR, how does that affect Released and what you do for your clients? That's a good question. So it, it kind of perfectly overlaps, really. So we, we even before this report, our, our kind of view was we just need to strip everything down and simplify it because whether you're a busy client or an executive you have two minutes you're on your mobile phone maybe and the 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 idea is to demonstrate value in the quickest and simplest way possible and so really it was just coincidental that the 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 results of this report kind of matched up with that mm-hmm. um so again the the fact that really at the heart of it helping execs understand what we do is crucial. And if we can do that, we can also demonstrate value. And I guess what we're trying to do at Released is help clients do that by delivering and showcasing their work in the shortest period of time possible in the most engaging way possible. Definitely. That makes sense. That's good. I think that will be helpful. And I think a lot of PR professionals could benefit from kind of that way of engaging with executives. Mm. Um, Yeah. So if you could give one piece of advice to an executive of your choice, PR advice, what would mm-hmm. it be and why? Um, I'd So for an executive, I would encourage them to actually sit down with their PR person, their head of PR, and just ask them to explain in two minutes what they do on the most basic level possible. And actually just give them a guided tour, just one or two pieces of media coverage that that demonstrate that. So, for example, if you're trying, if one of the objectives of the business is to change perceptions of a certain part of the company, Mm -hmm. then instead of what we do now, which is show 70 screenshots or scans of media coverage, I would actually just, you know, literally read them key quotes from a piece of media coverage from a journalist in a top tier publication and say, that's what we do. So I'd encourage them to sit down with their PR people and just get a very basic education in terms of, of what they do day in, day out. Yeah, that would be helpful. That would be helpful. Mm. And then do you have any tips for a student or a young professional in this industry? Yeah, I, th- I think that that's a tough question. I think there's there's kind of a lot to choose from. Um, I'm at kind of the older end of the spectrum, so it's a difficult question. But I think... Um, 
the, the people that we tend to talk to, so we're either talking to the people creating reports who are, are kind of the younger people in industry, account executives, PR assistants, PR managers, mm-hmm. but also the PR directors and comms directors and MDs of agencies. And so what's interesting is how the nature of the job really changes from the beginning to what I would call the end. And I think it, it's really at the beginning, the focus is all about creativity. So how can we come up with the most creative campaigns? And I think um, when you get to the other end of the spectrum, comms directors and MDs, the focus is really a lot more on, on the commercial side of the business. So the mechanics of running an agency, profit margins over servicing or the budgeting of uh, in-house teams, so their budget cycles, how much they spend on suppliers, fees. And I would say if I was starting again, I would make an effort to actually sit down with the accounts and maybe the financial director of an agency or the head of PR and and ask about how the commercial side works. Because I think the the earlier that you can do that, I think the better equipped you are to progress in the industry because you can have, I'd say, more mature commercial conversations. And actually, it also has the effect of of making you stand out because I don't think many people at the early stage of their career are thinking in those terms. Definitely not. Yeah, that's that that is something that I will definitely look forward to doing because <laughs> that was not on my radar. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you have any final thoughts about this report, about what you do, anything you want to say? I'd say um I welcome you to download the report for free um, at release.com, which is R-E-L-E-A-S-D.com forward slash exec. So there's a lot more in there in terms of cutting up uh, the results by company size, by seniority, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then um, also if you feel like uh, your agency or in-house team, if your freelancer could benefit from simpler reports, then just get in touch with us and we'll have a chat sure. and show you how it works. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on PR Hangover. This was awesome. We've never had anybody from the UK, so that was really exciting. <laughs> My pleasure. I'd like to say thank you very much for inviting me on as well. It's been great to talk to you, Courtney. It has. All right. We will keep in touch. All right, then. Take care. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at GV underscore PRSSA and check out our show notes at GVPRSSA.com.